Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. This is the Build Your Network Podcast, episode 391. Hey, this is Nathan Hirsch, co-founder of FreeUp and founder of Outsource School. If you want to learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm talking with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Nathan Hirsch. Nathan is an entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. Most recently, he co-founded freeup.com in 2015 with an initial $5,000 investment, scaled it to $12 million a year in revenue, and was then acquired in 2019. Today, Nathan is a co-founder of Outsource School, a company working to educate entrepreneurs on how to effectively hire and scale with virtual assistants through in-depth courses. Nathan has appeared on over 300 podcasts as a social media personality and loves sharing advice on scaling remote businesses. Guys, I cannot wait to bring Nathan into this interview. But first, really quickly, if any of you listening want to start a podcast in 2020, if you're a six or seven figure entrepreneur and starting a podcast is something that you are interested in, whatever the goal is, whether you want to bring in more revenue into your business, uh, increase your credibility and authority in your field, um, if you want to just keep yourself accountable to learning through having an audience, whatever it may be, hit me up. I'm taking on a couple of clients here at the beginning of the year to actually produce a podcast for you, start to finish full stack. So you don't have to worry about anything except for creating quality content. All right. So hit me up over travischapel.com slash make my podcast, travischapel.com slash make my 
podcast. Nathan, what's up, brother? Welcome to the show. What's going on, Travis? It's great to be back. Yes, sir. It's been a, been a minute, huh? Like a solid like year and a half, two years since I had you on, huh? I feel like both of us are different people. Two years is a long time as an it, entrepreneur. It is a long freaking time, man. Congrats on the uh, acquisition. Thank you. It's been a crazy few months, but things are starting to settle down a little bit. Yeah, that's huge, man. That's huge. When you uh, just curious, when you first started FreeUp, was was acquisition the main end goal, or did it just kind of come up out of nowhere? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't our goal. It wasn't our goal going into 2019. I mean, as a, a logical person, that there's only so many ways you you end a business, right? You either sure. run it forever, you run it into the ground, you get some kind of funding or investment, or you become acquired. So I think realistically, we knew that, or I guess you go public too. That'd be the fifth option. Yeah. But I, I guess as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking that those options are on the table, but. Connor and I committed that we weren't going to spend our time like going out and pitching investors or going out and trying to get acquired. If someone came to us, we'd hear them just like we hear out every other business opportunity. And we were very fortunate that, that one of our clients reached out and we couldn't be happier with the actual people that bought free up. And we think that they're going to really take you to the next level. Yeah, it's amazing, man. So let's talk about free up for a second, because I have a lot of people listen to the show that are remote entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, one man teams, uh, one woman teams. Talk to me about free up where the idea came from and what problem it solves for people. Yeah. So with my Amazon business, which was my first business, I struggled to hire people in general. I was 20 at the time and no one took me seriously in the real world. And so I turned to the remote hiring world, the Upwork, the Fivers, and they were okay. I, I hired some pretty good people from there that people had been with me for eight plus years, but it was really just a database full of all these freelancers, all these virtual assistants. I would post a job, get 50, a hundred people to apply. I'd have to filter through them. It would take hours and weeks. And I always just wanted something faster. Someone that I could just say, Hey, I need a graphic designer. I need a customer service VA, whatever it is. They get me someone good that they've already vetted. And if anything does go wrong, because this is real life, real people, stuff happens, they would just fix it and make it right, cover replacement costs if they quit, whatever it looked like. And I kept looking and looking and I couldn't find it. So I said, you know what, I'll build this platform myself. And that was really the, the concept of free up a marketplace where thousands of people apply VAs, freelancers, 1% get in clients, get fast access to them, put in a request, get that people back in quickly have 24 seven support in case people have even the smallest issue and that no turnover guarantee where if someone quits, they would cover replacement costs. And that was the concept. And that's really what we built. Yeah, I freaking love that, man. And for anybody listening to the show, by the way, this is the company that I use for any sort of uh, virtual hires or anything like that. Uh, just like Nathan was saying, they work with the top 1% of freelancers. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be paying out the wazoo for these people, okay? It means that uh, they just do a really good job vetting to make sure that they're quality people. So there's still, you know, you can get that, uh, that uh, cheaper virtual assistant labor that you're looking for just without having to roll through 150 applicants like you have to do on something like Upwork or, or, uh, or Fiverr or something like that. So bro, the million dollar question, or in this case, really the $12 million question. Um, how in the hell did you scale a software company on an initial startup investment of $5,000? Yeah. And the cool thing is we spent almost no money on marketing. I mean, we spent a thousand dollars a month on Facebook and Google ads retargeting our wow. last few months of free up. So we really Just retargeting we, people that came to the website. Yeah, exactly. So the out of the $5,000 investment, 4,500 of it went into an initial software, probably one of the crummiest softwares you can ever imagine. I mean, <laughs> clients could log in and see their freelancers, freelancers could log in and see their clients. They could clock in and clock out and that's it. The software didn't do anything else. So super, people, super basic, super basic. And did so you build that with VAs? 
Yeah, well, it was actually my software developer that we had took from our Amazon business to build it. And we eventually gotcha. added freelancers to the dev team a year and a half later. But yeah, we got it out there. People would have to email me, call me, Skype me when they had a request. We would keep a track of it in Google Docs. We'd manually charge everyone's credit cards each week. And we just got it out there. And yeah. we had this reliable group of freelancers and VAs that we used from our Amazon business. So it started off with people saying, hey, I need a graphic designer. And I would say, hey, I have Bob. I've worked with Bob for two years. Here you go. And, and people love that. So from there, we, we quickly ran out of freelancers. So we had to start recruiting and, and getting more into the system and, and building our software. And eventually, we tried to figure out how do we actually grow this thing? Because if you look at the Upworks and the fibers of the world, we can't compete with them on software. We can't compete with them on marketing. So how do we do it? And we really focused on networking. I would network with three people every single day. And over the years, my network grew focus on being on podcasts like this one. It's good to get in front of thousands of people at once. It's good for backlinks. It's good for partnerships, which not a lot, a lot of people um, think of it that way. But you and I, we've had a relationship since I've been on the podcast. You, you don't just show up and disappear and never talk to the host again. So off of that and content swaps were huge. Finding, let's say a, an Amazon software company. They don't provide VAs. I don't provide Amazon software. They, they'd promote us to their audience. We do the opposite. And we do blog swaps, we do videos, we blast in the newsletter and coming up with those partnerships. And finally, an affiliate program, probably one of the, the biggest, best business decisions I ever made was you get 50 cents for every hour we build to someone that comes from you forever. And we'd go after our clients, letting them know about it. We would leave every call by talking about it. And then we'd go after influencers and micro influencers and they'd promote us because we would take really good care of them, but they'd also get that kickback. So it was a combination of the, the content partnerships, being on podcasts, networking, influencers, micro-influencers, and that affiliate program. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash 
Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, I love that. So you are absolutely speaking my language. Uh, two of those things are things that I believe in tremendously, which would be networking, obviously, is build your network, and um, and then podcasting. And that's that's literally what I do. So talk to me more about your podcasting strategy. If somebody's out there and they're like, man, that sounds like what I want to do. Like, I want to build a quality product, but we don't have a ton of budget for marketing. How do I get out there and get more exposure? How do I get on podcasts? Like, I know that they exist. I know that they're good. But how do I get on the ones that actually have audiences? Does it matter if they have audiences? Do I just say yes to every opportunity? Like, walk me through some of that process. <laughs> I, I would say, early on, I probably did say yes to every opportunity just because I wanted to get out there. I also sure. wasn't very good at talking on camera. I'd never done it before. So even if I got on a podcast that no one in the world listens to, it was good practice for me. And yeah. now I'm a little bit more picky of, of how I spend my time and what podcasts I go on. But really, you just have to be okay with rejection. I mean, I get rejected every single week. I'm also pitching podcasts every single day. And back then I went out there and I didn't go after like Tim Ferriss, like the top podcast in the world. I, I started small and I found relative podcasts that were in e-commerce, that were in marketing, that were in small businesses, stuff that was my ideal audience. And yep. I started connecting with the hosts and seeing how I could help them. How could I get them in front of my community? And then if the opportunity came up where I was a good guest, I would try to be that guest and show up and add value and not be salesy and give a, I'll, I'll call it a performance for lack of a better word, but give a performance that people actually wanted to refer you to more podcasts. So I would say it's a lot of manual work. It's a lot of researching and pitching and seeing what pitches work because I'm sure you get pitched. I don't even know how many times every single week, but getting it to stand out there. And then as you get more experience, as you get more comfortable, you can hire a VA and have them help. You can hire a podcast booking company. There's a lot of different ways you can go. But if you're listening right now, just go out there, send pitches, send emails. Don't, don't be super aggressive. Don't bother people. Don't harass them, but say, Hey, I, this is the kind of value that I think I can add to your community. And if you get rejected, say no big deal. Is it okay if I follow up with you in six months? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, always lead with that value piece there. Um, as a podcast host, I am always trying to think about what value can I bring to my audience? So if you in a pitch reach out and talk about audience facing value, then you're going to catch my attention a little bit more. Another thing also that I'll say on that really quick is just if, if you're out there and you're wondering how to get um, better results from this, don't just go out and scrape a ton of emails and start just pitching everybody right. that you get with the same like mass automated message. The number one way to end up at the very bottom of my deleted um, messages in my inbox is if I can tell it was just copied and pasted from the last guy that you sent the email to. So always try to make something like personal right off the bat, something that like you like about their that person's content specifically, maybe listen to five minutes of an episode. It really does not take that much time. Read their about section on their, on their website, like do the, the slightest bit of research to, to figure it out. Because I've had, I have friends who run solo podcasts, bro. And they like, they know they don't ever interview people, but they get almost as many pitches as I do for being, in, right. for being guests on their show. And it just shows them that like, man, this person knows absolutely nothing about my content. And um, they'll even start the whole email off. Man, I love your content. It's like, Obviously, you don't because you don't even know that I don't do interviews. You know what I mean? So, um, so do a little bit of research, and um, I promise that'll go a long way. Don't just shoot twenty-five cold emails. That's just like copy and pasted one to the next one. Um, takes. I got one more. Yeah, yeah, go for it. 
And, and I actually stole this from you because I heard you say on the Bigger Pockets podcast, and I've been doing it for years, and you articulated it in, in a much better way. It was like, hey, a lot of times you're just one or two connections away from someone. So if I'm about to go on a podcast or I want to be on a podcast, I'm going to see who their previous guests were. Maybe I know some of those people. If mm -hmm. you have your own podcast, maybe you've interviewed some of those people, and you can use that as a quick connection. Hey, you know Bob, you know Jill, like I, I'm good connections with them. One of them is my clients. Like you can figure out a way to make your network closer and I mean entrepreneur the whole entrepreneur network is only so big a lot of times you're only one or two connections away from yourself yeah that's really true man that that's good stuff man I said that <laughs> you did <laughs> oh man yeah that was a, that was one of my favorite interviews man uh Brandon and those guys over there are, all, are awesome interviewers and uh um especially in the real estate world I mean that's the that's the show to be on for sure Okay, so this one has been a long time coming and I'm excited to announce the launch of my new company, World Class Media. I've been doing podcast coaching and consulting for individuals and businesses for the last couple of years and over the last few months, I just haven't been able to keep up with the requests. So in order to serve more people, I've decided to stop taking on coaching clients and start an agency that creates a done-for-you podcasting solution as well as monthly production and repurposing services. So if you are a business owner, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, real estate investor, whatever it may be, then a podcast should be the most powerful business development tool in your arsenal. Imagine having something that is constantly engaging your ideal client, even when you're sleeping, or that allows you to connect with the top people in your industry to build your network and establish credibility, or that allows you to help listeners that are currently outside of your sphere of influence, or that helps you get book deals or speak on more stages or create content once that we can repurpose and distribute across all the platforms for you. That is the power of a world-class podcast that's done the right way. So if you're interested in starting a show, but you just don't have the time, the resources, or desire to figure out all the tech stuff, the hosting, the equipment, the platforms, the production, then you just focus on what you do best, which is serving your clients and running your business. And then let my team focus on what we do best, which is creating world-class chart-topping podcasts. Let's at least hop on a call and chat about it because I'm fairly picky with the people that I work with. And I only work with people who I genuinely think are going to be able to absolutely crush it with a new show. So head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. And we'll chat real soon. Well, cool, man. Talk to me. I know that you recently went through the acquisition last year and now you're focused on basically helping entrepreneurs do something similar to what you did. So talk to me about what you have going on right now. Talk to me about outsource school. How's that going? When's the launch? All that good stuff. Yeah. So for the past four years, people have been asking me to create a course on how to use virtual assistants, how to interview them and onboard them and train them and manage them. And, and honestly, I just haven't had time. I mean, for the past four years, it's been free up 24 seven. And yes, I've put out podcasts and blog posts and as much information as possible, but something in a more organized way that showed, Hey, this is how I do it. Or, Hey, here's a video of me interviewing a virtual assistant. So we're coming out with, we're launching outdoor school, which we want to build out to be an educational platform. And we have a lot of ideas for software and different things we want to go there, but it starts off with one course. And we're going to be launching our first course called cracking the code of virtual assistants, our IOTA method. And IOTM is I O T M stands for interviewing, onboarding, training, managing. And we want to teach people how we did it because free up the last year did $12 million in revenue. It had zero full-time U S employees, zero U S freelancers in general. It was 35 full-time VAs in the Philippines running all day-to-day -day operations from billing to customer service, to lead generation, to podcast pitching, social media, everything. And we want to teach people, Hey, we didn't just 
wake up and hire 35 people. We didn't just get lucky and find 35 rock stars. We have a process that we put people through and it goes from everything from finding red flags early on to, hey, this is how we run a Monday morning meeting. We get them to show us pictures of their weekend and build a relationship. And then we get down to business and this is how we address it. So it's efficient for everyone and really breaking that down so other people can take it, steal it, tweak it, apply it to their business and really be able to scale more efficiently. Right. So during that process, bro, what, what would you say the top one to three things that you've learned through working with VAs? So there, if you people, if you think about interviewing someone, there's the interview, which I think a lot of people know what an interview is. Maybe they can improve the process, but they generally know how to interview someone. And then the training. And again, we want to teach people how to train better, but most people know how to train someone. But there's that onboarding that a lot of people miss. And what we do that's been so key is after we interview them and we say, okay, that was a good interview. We want to hire Bob. We want to present Bob an offer. We give the Bob the offer, but we also go through the expectations again. We go through, hey, this is how we communicate. This is how we run meetings. This is what's expected of you. This is good, this is bad. And we even give Bob a chance to back out because we would much rather that he says, you know what, I, I can't meet these expectations or I don't really want this than for us to find that out two months later. And that is a step that so many people miss that onboarding, that setting expectations before the hire. The second yeah. thing that, that's super important, and, and we call it our BARF method, which is kind of a, a funny acronym, but it, it stands for getting them to buy in, showing appreciation, building a relationship, and making your culture a family. And I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with over the past four years that don't care about that. Every VA is separate. Maybe they talk down to them. Maybe they stress them out in some different way. But if you focus on the, the BARF method, you'll retain people. And if you're going to invest all that time and effort into interviewing, onboarding, training, you want to keep those people around for years and years to come. And turnover just kills businesses, makes people go in circles. And the last thing, and this is something a lot of people miss the boat on too, is bonuses and raises and coming up with a good structure. Hey, you're going to get a raise every six months. Hey, I'm going to give you a bonus every quarter, every half year. And I'm going to use that bonus to motivate you. I'm going to give you feedback. I'm going to show appreciation. I'm going to challenge you for the next quarter. And a lot of people miss the boat on that. And, hmm. and that's why they see a lot of turnover. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I, I'm sure you can't share a lot of this in terms of numbers with NDAs and things like that. But um, what does hiring virtually versus hiring locally um, and having like, you know, full-time employees and all that kind of stuff here, how does that affect your bottom line, your profit? Yeah. And I'm not against full-time employees. Actually, my Amazon business had it and we worked with a lot of clients that balance full-time U.S. employees versus, and freelancers and virtual mm -hmm. assistants at the same time. But what a lot of people don't realize is, yeah, you hire someone in the U.S., let's say you get them for 15, 20 bucks an hour, which is somewhat low. And guess what? They're not going to work for you for 15 bucks an hour for the next 30 years. At some right. point, you're going to have to pay them more. Their pay is going to go up. If their skills get more perfected or better, they're going to have other opportunities come up. If you hire someone in the VAs from five to 10 bucks an hour, you can give them one, two, $3 raises, and they're going to be thrilled. They're, so it's a long-term game too. And I had VAs that in the Philippines that were making 20 plus bucks an hour when we sold it to the Hoth and they kept them at that pay and hmm. we set it up. So their pay went up as the business go up. So it's not, Hey, let's only hire in the Philippines because you can get people at one or two bucks an hour. You can still pay people well and a lot better than what they get in their own country. But there is a, a long-term play of, Hey, can I really afford this U S person sure. that I'm going to invest a lot of time and effort into? 
Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Man, there's so many things here, um, especially on the freelancing stuff, but I, I got to talk, I got to talk networking here with you, bro. Cause it's obviously something that you've crushed it with. You said something earlier about meeting three people a day and I want to get into that in a second, but this is the question that I ask everybody to move that conversation along in the right direction, who, you know, or what, you know, Nathan, which one is more important and why, and don't give me one of those like, Oh, it's both answers. I want, I want one. And then you can kind of explain and then bring in the other one if you want to. I, I think it's who, you know, but who, you know, leads to more that you actually know. I, I've learned so much from yes. my network that yes. I just wouldn't know. Uh, or, I wouldn't know if I didn't know them. And exactly. yeah, you can read books, you can take courses and all that. But hey, when I talk to someone and they just sold a business, I'm going to pick their brain and I'm going to learn a lot because at the time I was going through the same thing. And that's a lot better than any book I could read. So sure. I'm a huge proponent of networking. It's it's actually one of, I won't say biggest regrets because I think that's a little bit dramatic. But with my Amazon business, I was kind of in secret for like seven years. I was like, oh, I yeah. figured out Amazon. I want to keep this to myself. I don't want to share it with anyone. And, and right. they're going to steal my idea, steal my secret. And I was a young, naive entrepreneur. And, and once I launched FreeUp, I realized that, that was wrong. And, and I really started to network to the extreme and, and try to connect with as many entrepreneurs as I could. Yeah, it's that scarcity mentality versus the abundance mentality, right? Like when you're when you're younger, you want to protect everything that you're learning because you think you've like figured out something revolutionary, <laughs> right? And then you like start getting to know people and you realize that, oh, actually other people know everything that I know and way more. So <laughs> I probably should have just like shared what I was, you know, figuring out. And then also other people would share with me what they're figuring out. It's this collaborative uh, mentality as well instead of a competitive mentality. And you can always be competitive. You can always try to knock out your competitors and all that kind of stuff. But collaboration, always seems to get better uh, than competition because if everybody's on the same page and collaborating together then you just all increase each other's market share um, which only helps out everybody and helps everybody become more successful um, so talk to me about uh, the three people a day thing how on purpose was that was it an accident then you just kind of went with it like what did you do during that process in terms of how did you make sure that you met three new people and then how did you follow up with those people yeah, great question. So I have no idea how it started. I think it was just trying to expand my network, but I really use, I don't use LinkedIn Messenger because how many times do you just get spammed on LinkedIn? For <laughs> me, I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to do that. Um, but I use Instagram Messenger and I use Facebook Messenger. And okay. I'm not connecting with random people that I have zero connections with. It's usually people that we have the same friends on Facebook, we sure. have the same followers or whatever on Instagram, and I'm reaching out to them. And this is kind of a tip that I don't think I've ever shared on a podcast, but start off the conversation with, hey, would love to connect I blank. And that blank could be I own company X, that blank could be I also live in Winter Park, Florida, that blank could be I'm also in a market in the marketing industry, whatever that thing is, and then you're not pitching, you're not selling. The second you start to pitch or sell, you've lost someone. If someone hits me up on Facebook and they're like, hey, this is my company, check it out. Not, probably not gonna talk to that person. Hmm. But I take the approach that, hey, would love to set up a networking call. If I can add value in some way, I'm happy to. If, if there's some way for us to work together, I'm all about it. But if not, I just love networking with other entrepreneurs and, and let's stay in touch. And if you take that kind of approach, and I think you're gonna meet a lot of people over the course of a year. What would you say to somebody who's sitting there listening to this and going, man, I just don't have time for that? I do it the first thing every morning. I think mm. people probably wake up to my messages because I do it at 6 a.m., 6.30. But I, it's usually when I'm walking the dog or whatever, I'm just on my phone, I'm going through and usually it, it comes to you, right? So I was just on the, the Hustle and Flow podcast and they made a Facebook post saying, hey, thank you to all my guests. And I was one of the guests of 20. 
Well, I just reached out and connected with all the other guests. Hey, I was also on this podcast. Super easy. And if you have a feed on Instagram or Facebook, and a lot of that feed is business, sometimes it comes to you. Other times you do a little bit of research and, and searching. And if you get rejected, you get rejected. Every day there's new people. And I try to balance it out. So I, I'm connecting with three people. So maybe I'll reach out to five or six, two or three will ignore me. One of them will say they don't do networking calls or whatever. And, and then I, I connect with the others. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, uh, what you're saying resonates so deeply with me because, um, it's that whole, like it's, it's a people game, right? It's not a numbers game, but at the end of the day, it's also a little bit of a numbers game. Like some people are just going to, I think people just let themselves get discouraged too easily. Like they'll reach out to those first two or three people and they'll be like, Oh no, I'm busy. And they're like, Oh, this stuff doesn't work. You know, it's like, well, you, you're, you're working on such a small test group. Like you gave up before you had enough data to even figure out what the numbers really even are. Like keep going, keep doing it. If you've, if you've reached out to 50 people and nobody jump on a call, okay, then come talk to me. Maybe it's just your messaging and something you're saying is like offending people or something. But like, I promise you, it's not that difficult. Um, but it will help you increase your network. I was just talking to my wife about this a couple of days ago, bro, because we were starting to batch up episodes again for Build Your Network. I realized that all I had to do was go through my recent text messages for like a month or two back. And I, met, I, I texted like six, seven people and I got four or five interviews scheduled for today and tomorrow with people that are really high caliber entrepreneurs such as yourself, uh, one of the guys that I texted. And uh, I was talking to her about like when I first started my show at the very beginning and I was like, when I did that, I, I didn't the, like the first few people I interviewed were like low six figures, like a couple five figure, like not even six figure. Like I didn't know anybody that was doing really well. I didn't know anybody that was at seven figure mark at that point at all. Like let alone anybody that would respond to me and talk to me um, and like say yes to coming on the show really quick. Like there, there was nothing like that at the beginning, but then you look at like the past couple of years of just constantly, constantly, constantly reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, following up, following up, adding a value, adding value, adding value. And then you come to now, and it was just a really cool realization for me sitting there, like reading the text, the, the, the responses from all the people I sent a message to. And I was just like, wow, like this is super cool to be able to look back on and be like, man, there's so many quality people that are in my network now that would have never been there had I not just like reached out and started a relationship and continued to add value over time. I have two super quick stories off of that that yeah, kind of put everything it. in perspective. So Landon Porter, who's an awesome guy, if you're not following the sales gorilla, check him out. We we tweaked a lot of our strategies trying to reach out to people. And I eventually I talked to him like four years into free up and he's like, Nate, I counted it. And you reached out to me like 45 times or something crazy, which was totally <laughs> a mistake on our end. Like someone missed the boat. We don't reach out to people that much. We messed up hard. And he said, hey, the only reason I'm even talking to you right now is even though I rejected you like endless amount of time on endless amount of channels, you didn't get more aggressive. You didn't get angry. You didn't get upset. You just said, Hey, no problem. I'll check it back with you later. And he's like, like out of that, like, that's the only reason why I'm talking right now. And I ended up having him on my podcast, uh, the outsourcing and scaling show, which we sold with free up, but it, it just kind of goes to show like, don't give up. Like there's been podcasts that have taken me years and years to get on. And then I've been on them three times. So don't give up on the rejection side. And then the flip side, and I won't say this person's name, but there was someone that I was reaching out for a networking call and she said no, like two or three times, no big deal. And the second I launched my podcast, I get a message from her saying, Hey, can I be on your podcast? So it just kind of shows that the power that that podcasting has that opens up a lot of opportunities that you just don't get if you don't have one or you're not going on them. Bro, uh, resonates so much, especially that first story. Like uh, there's been so many guests that 
totally ignored me that, you know, uh, said no, or that put me off. There's one person, I'm not going to say her name because we still don't have a date on the calendar, but I do have a confirmation from her, but she's a really big name. I started reaching out to her in October of 2017. And I looked through my email chain. There's probably like 30, 35 emails between me and her assistant. She actually switched assistants during that time. So I've been around longer than her assistant and her assistants like actually come to really respect me. And like the last email she sent, she was like, man, I honestly just really respect that you just keep reaching out. And she was like, I, I mean, like, it's very impressive to me. And I mean that in like the, the best way possible. And like two or three days after she sent that email, she messaged me again, totally out of the blue without me following up with her. And she said, Hey, just FYI, I talked to so-and-so this morning and she's officially like verbally committed to coming on your podcast. So um, as soon as we're done with this uh, affiliate push that we're doing, I'm going to hit you up. And so um, like that was an interview I've been working on for almost like, you know, two and a half years at this point with 30 plus emails in there. And uh, at, like at the end of the day, those are the people that are worth it. Those are the people that are worth getting on because like, people like this girl, like she doesn't do a ton of podcast interviews. So I know it's going to be a big show and I know it's going to really resonate with my audience and help a lot of people out. So like those, those, like you got to stay persistent and you got to be, you got to always be following up. And it's funny, man, because it literally since like in the time where you said your response to what I was just saying, I got two text messages on my watch, both of which were from multi seven figure entrepreneur friends of mine that were, it's just, it's just so funny that we're talking about all this stuff. And then like that happened in that like two minute blurb after I was talking to you about that. But, um, but yeah, man, I, there, there's so many things here. I, I can't wait to officially like one day actually be able to meet up in person, grab a beer and hang out a little bit more and, uh, and chat some more at that time. But got to wrap things up here on the show. Uh, before we, before we take off, man, got any last closing pieces of advice for anybody? Yeah. So you mentioned getting it on your phone. There, there's that trickle effect. Let's say that you reach out to five new entrepreneurs every single day, six days a week over the course of randomly, like three months later, someone's going to see that message. Maybe it went to spam. Maybe they're, they're now open to it. And I'll get random responses to people that I reached out to before I even sold free up. So don't give up. Sometimes it's a long game. Commit to something. It doesn't have to be five a day. It could be one a day. It could be two a week, but whatever it is, just commit to it and keep going forward and, and tweak your approach. If you're getting negative responses, chances are it's something that you're saying and, and you have to tweak the way you go about it. So good, man. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the show again, Nathan. Like I said, uh, one of these days we'll actually be able to hang out in person and uh, chop it up a bit, but I uh, appreciate you, bro. Reach out if you need anything and we'll chat soon. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.